0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated.
1: Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 561. It's great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, are you paying for mobile data you don't use? circles life can help you save money netflix's password sharing crackdown has resulted in millions of new subscribers and why your future smartphone is going to look a lot different thanks to a new eu ruling in the tech guide reviews we take a look at the new way to charge your devices and organize your desktop at the same time LG has launched a coffee machine that looks out of this world and HP is their lineup of tank printers just got a lot smarter. And we'll answer all of your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. We've all got one and by that I mean a mobile phone plan, but when's the last time you had a look at what you're paying for? I often tell people if you have had the same phone plan for more than two years, it's time for you to take a look around because quite possibly you are paying for data you're not using now today's plans from the major telcos are very generous with their data and you pay for that so the, their choices are the a lot of data so that the even even the the median and, and and entry level plans have 40 50 60 80 gigabytes all the way up to hundreds of gigabytes at the top end so the they're, the message they're sending you is, look at this, the num- there's num- look at these numbers, look at all this data you can, you can possibly use, and that, of course, comes with a price tag. Now, according to the C, on average, we use just 11 gigabytes of data per month. That's on average. Obviously, some people use more, but a lot of people might use less. And the major telcos, the median plans for telcos are around the 35 gigabytes mark. So you think about that, 11 on average, and you're paying for 35 every month. So what Circles Life has done is created what they call their mobile plan health check. Now, this is basically a calculator that allows you to see how much time you spend doing things like web browsing, how how much time you spend on social media, streaming music, streaming videos, playing online games. So there is a slider in each of these categories that says really never, a few minutes a day, hour or so, more than two hours. And as you're sliding these along to the correct values that measures that that matches your usage, your your patterns, your data usage patterns, then a figure appears on the left to to tell you roughly about how much data you need. So this is a way for you to see how you use your data, what you use it for, browsing, social media, all of that, and then it tells you roughly how much you would require if you continue those habits for that 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 long per month. And don't forget this is your this is cellular data. We're not talking about what you when you're on Wi-Fi. That doesn't count. So if you know that you're on a Wi-Fi network Ninety percent of the day, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's somewhere else in a cafe, wherever you are, that doesn't count. It's got to be Wi-Fi. It's got to be sorry, cellular data only. So this is a really good way for you to gauge what you do. Another thing to do, if get, get download if there, there should be an app that goes with your, say, if you're a Telstra customer, Optus, Vodafone, even the MVNO, which are mobile virtual network operators, of which Circles Life is one. Circles Life actually uses the Optus network, but there are plenty of, of ways for you to check your data usage. So if you're paying for, I don't know, 100 gigabytes per month, but are only using 25, then... There's 75 gig not only that you're not using but that you're also paying for as well. Circle's Life says that one of their customers, a 23-year-old from Sydney, switched telcos to a plan that was more suitable to her data usage – now she is not only she's not only managed to halve her phone bill, but is making up to eight hundred dollars a year in savings. And who couldn't use an extra hundred bucks in their budget? The way that things are going right now, with the rising cost of living, rising interest rates, the whole thing—you could eight hundred bucks would be welcomed—an uh, extra eight hundred into your budget. So it really does it really does pay literally pay for you to check your status in terms of the amount of data you're paying for and then checking the amount of data that you actually use. ACCC says it's eleven gigabytes of data per month. You'll be very surprised about how much data you actually use. So I think a great idea to check it out. And you got to remember the big the big three telcos, we're talking Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, they're the biggest and they've got the most customers, and they also offer the biggest plans. So you think, oh, yeah, great, look at all this data I can use, but what's the point of paying for the data if you're not actually going to use it? Now, I've, I've got, I think I'm, I'm with Vodafone, I think I've got about 100 or 200 gigabytes of data per month. And I'll be honest, I very rarely use that amount of data. But I have it because I could use that amount of data. I, do, I am pretty mobile. I do travel a lot too. And Vodafone, with their $5 a day roaming, often, I'm talking 90% of my time working overseas, I'm using that data because I use my phone as a hotspot. Often the Wi-Fi at these big, big events is pretty poor. So I, I often use my, my phone as a hotspot and use that to update my site, write my stories, you, you name it. And that uses a lot of data. So I didn't want to have to be go from chip chopping and changing from month to month because I, I honestly don't know. One month I could use 50 gig, another month I could use 250 gig. So I'm probably not the best example of this, but for your average user who potentially might be paying for, say, 100 gig a month and knows they're, know they're only, they don't use more than 40 gig a month, then... They might be able, may be able to go down to a from a seventy dollar plan per month to a forty dollar plan per month. That extra thirty bucks in your kick that that adds up. So I think absolutely worth looking at. And good on Circles Life for for do, putting this on there. There's a link to it on Tech Guide if you want to check it out for yourself. Even if you don't want to be like right underneath this calculator, there's a photo of it on Tech Guide right below the calculator. Of course, a Circles Life, Circles Life's list of of phone mobile phone plans, but this does, this doesn't, using this calculator, is there's no obligation to it. You're not forced to suddenly get a circle's life plan. You can if you want to, but I think it's a great way to gauge what sort of ballpark you're playing in. Always handy. Knowledge is power here. If you know exactly how much data you're using, then absolutely, you should check it out. To read more, you can check it out, and there's also a link to that mobile plan health check, which is their data calculator. You can check that out at techguide.com.au.
0: Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick.
1: Now, listeners of this show uh, and also to Two Blokes Talking Tech with my good mate Trevor Long know well and truly I'm not a fan and still am not a fan and never will be a fan of the Netflix password sharing crackdown. My attitude is that my money is good enough to, to pay for the service. I should be able to use it wherever and whenever I want. Netflix took a different path with this one and introduced the password-sharing crackdown, which means that if, for for those of you, myself included, I'm sure plenty of you listening right now have lent the spare login to grandma and grandpa or a son or daughter living out of home, and they've been able to use your account, Uh, unfortunately for you guys and for everyone, that is no longer possible for free. You can, if you want to, pay an extra eight bucks a month and support those extra accounts that are, w- that are from outside of your household. So basically Netflix knows the main household, the IP address of your home, and it will easily notice if there is a separate IP address using a password associated with your account. So in other words, they're using it outside of the household. So you can either pay the extra eight bucks a month so they so nothing changes but you're just giving netflix an extra 8 bucks a month per person that you're supporting on your account or the person outside of your household has now the option to create their own account And when they do that, they're able to take all their viewing history, they're able to take all of that information and then start their own account. So they're they're not starting from scratch. They're still having all their preferences and all their favorites and everything that they've watched is still there and still allows them to enjoy the account as they normally would. So uh, this has obviously been put a lot of noses out of joint, uh, mine included, but The news coming through from Netflix is that for the period from April to June in this year, 2023, there were their quarterly financial results from Netflix saw that they had increased more nearly 6 million new subscribers, so nearly 6 million new subscribers to the Netflix platform since this password sharing crackdown. So it seems to be working. That was their goal. The goal was make more money, increase re- increase revenue, which is making money, and also increase user numbers. So in other words, more subscribers. Now, this is the largest and fastest growth of Netflix since the COVID pandemic. So you can just imagine when we're all stuck at home, we can't go to the movies, we're working from home, Netflix subscriptions increased by more than 10 million new subscribers globally. Now, with this this password sharing crackdown, it's added six million new subscribers. And guess what? Netflix expects even further growth throughout the year because what's happened? I've discovered that there are some of my readers and listeners have said that yeah, from the from day dot when this first came into into effect that they found out straight away that the people using their account outside their home were suddenly informed that they couldn't do it. So they had the choice of either paying or the person outside the home creating their own account. Uh, and I've heard other people who've only had this notification in the last few days. And I also know of people who haven't yet had this notification. So they are staggering this rollout of the crackdown just so that not everyone's complaining at the same time, I imagine. But they've, they took a measured approach with this to make sure that it was a gradual, uh, gradual thing rather than a sudden thing that hit every, every subscriber around the world. Now, as of, as of the end of June, Netflix had 238.4 million subscribers. So they're doing pretty good. They've just added another 6 million new subscribers and likely to add even more than that as the rollout of the password sharing crackdown continues. You know my thoughts on it, not happy at all. Uh, My son and my daughter both use my, my Netflix account externally. Neither of them have received a notification yet, or if they have, they haven't told me. So I'm pretty sure they would have let me know. So I think I'm probably in the last the last tier of people who may be in this staggered approach to the crackdown. So I'll uh, I'll keep you guys informed about when and if this happens. I'm pretty sure what I mean if when this happens it's definitely going to happen because Netflix They want your money. They want you as a subscriber and they want to increase their revenue. They want to do that because they're a publicly listed company. They owe it to their shareholders to to increase, to meet expectations, to exceed expectations. And that's what they're trying to do. If you want to read more about that and there's also a link to the stories I've written before this too, some pretty colorful stuff there. You can check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, there has been a ruling uh, in the EU about future smartphones. We did touch on this on our Two Blokes Talking Tech podcast, myself and Trevor Long, but I'm going to go into it a little bit more, so forgive me if you've heard about this already. I am going to give you new information, though, and new speculation as well. What's happened? The influential and very powerful European Union has introduced a new law uh, that, that, that will make it uh, mandatory for smartphones to have replaceable batteries. So, in other words, the the device has to allow the customer to be able to access and even replace the battery if necessary without needing any tools whatsoever. So, cast your mind back to the days where you had the old Nokia. You pop off the back, you put in the SIM card member, and the battery. The battery was on top of it. And I remember back in the day, I used to carry a spare battery because I'd be I'd be smashing the calls out on that thing, and I'd have a freshie in my pocket, the uh, the fresh battery, and I'd just slip off the back panel and boom, put the new battery in there, and and we're off to the races again. So now, what the EU has said is that all all smartphones in the EU, so European customers. Must have a replaceable battery. Why do you ask? Well, the reason they're making this ruling is to make it easier to recycle batteries, to make smartphones easier to repair, and to ultimately reduce the amount of e waste if they could do that. So the, vo- the vote was approved by the European Council and Parliament and will come into effect by 2027. So there's still four years away. But there's a lot of stuff that needs to change to accommodate it. So the customer can remove and replace the battery easily and without tools. And this will not only apply to smartphones, but other devices with rechargeable batteries. We're talking tablets and cameras, security cameras, you name it, smart home devices. They are also going to have to have accessible batteries and replaceable batteries. Now, here's the thing. This isn't the first time the EU has made a ruling that's affected the entire world. Now, what these companies do, so Apple, Samsung, Google, Oppo, you name it, all these companies, Motorola, they, they all make devices, not just for Europe. They're not going to just make a device, okay, we're going to sell this in Europe and we're going to sell a new, another device to the rest of the world. Never, never going to happen. What we've seen already is that the companies make a decision to make a device that suits everyone, including the EU. Now, the most recent example of this is the ruling that all smartphones have to have a USB-C port. So the USB-C port, very common, of, of course, on Android devices, Samsung devices. But guess what? Apple had a lightning port up until now. The iPhone 15, which are, we, we spoke about many weeks ago on the podcast, will definitely have a USB-C charging port. So uh, that's it, Lightning no longer on the iPhone and no longer on in The only other device I think it's on is still is the AirPods. The AirPods and some of their keyboards are also chargeable. If you've got an iMac... The the keyboards are also chargeable with a lightning cable as well. So all that's going to have to change. Well, the phone's definitely going to change. The iPhone will be the last device to lose the lightning port. All the iPads are already USB-C, iPad Pro, iPad Air, the entry-level iPad, and now the iPhones are going to follow suit. So now imagine, imagine this approach now to the smartphones and accessible batteries. There are three areas I think where this is going to have a serious effect on the, on smartphones. Good potentially negative effect. Oh, I think mostly negative effects. Design, durability and battery life. Let's start with design. The size and thickness of smartphones have been pretty slender in in the last few years because of the sealed design Uh, There's no need to have that accessibility. Batteries are built in. The small cells often located in different parts of the phone. Foldable devices, for example, half the battery cell is on one half. The other half of the battery is on the other side to spread the the size and and how much room it actually takes up in the device to to still keep it thin and light, Uh, but also to increase the capacity. So in terms of design, they're going to have to then make these devices, they're going to have to be a lot thicker, potentially heavier. So uh, that's going to affect the design of future smartphones greatly. And as I mentioned with foldable devices where the battery's on either side of the fold, how the hell are they going to do that? Are they going to make it possible to put two replaceable batteries in a folding device or just going to have one big one on one side? It's really going to affect the manufacturing and design of smartphones. And let me tell you, I'll I'll bet my bottom dollar that the Apple, Samsung, Google, perhaps all these other companies already know what they're going to produce in 2027. So they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. There's already a roadmap. I guarantee it. They will know exactly what they're producing in 2027. So look, with, with Apple, that'd be, so what's that? 2023 is iPhone uh, 15. 2024 is iPhone 16. 2025 is iPhone 17. 2026 is iPhone 18. iPhone 19 will be 2027. So I'm, I guarantee it. And Samsung's the same. They work years in advance. They would have these designs already looking at them, tinkering with them, perhaps even completing them already. So that they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Now, in terms of durability, today's smartphones, I think we take for granted the fact that they have this IP protection. In other words, they're water resistant and dust resistant because they're a sealed device. Well, guess what? A removable battery, you're going to have to access it for in in for with a, rear, a removable rear panel or some sort of hatch on the side of the phone I don't know how they're going to do it but surely this is going to affect that durability if you if even if say say the apple says oh yeah you remove the back panel but if you put it on again you're still going to be water resistant uh, i think imagine if you put it on wrong slightly out of place water's going to get in and you might be be susceptible to water damage do you remember how catastrophic water spilling a beer or a glass of water on a on a phone was? Today you just dry it off and then you and you keep going. So imagine us going back to those days where the phone is going to be the durability is brought into question again. Now, lastly, battery life. I, I think. One improvement we've seen in in the last few years is the increase in the battery life and the the amount of of uh, the amount of time we can use the device before it needs recharging. I think the latest smartphones, especially the flagship models, you're looking at a day and a half to two days of battery performance. So, if if the battery has to be accessible, it a has to be all in one piece and of a shape and size that's easily accessible by the customer, then there's none of this trying to sort of spread out, spread the battery out in the device and create numerous cells to offer more capacity. There's going to have to be some sort of compromise and that is surely going to affect not only the design of the phone, which we've already spoken about, but the battery life as well. So look, the the, the whole goal of this... Is to reduce e-waste, to give customers the option of repairing rather than replacing a phone as well. There was a, a study done in the by the European Commission that l- last year found that seventy-seven percent of EU residents would rather repair their device than replace it. So this is this could be this could be an excuse for customers to think, you know what, I don't need a new phone. I just need a new battery because batteries deteriorate over time. If you got an old if you if you now possess a phone, a smartphone with a lithium ion battery that's more than 5 years old, you'll probably notice that you the you charge it to 100%, it's going to run down to 80% in no, in no time because the battery health has dropped. So this is a feature you can actually see on iPhones. It'll tell you your battery health. But with a brand new battery which you can just pop off the back and just simply buy the part and put it in the back, it's going to be cheaper to do it. It's also going to be easier to do it. So that could potentially lead to customers hanging onto their phones for four, five, six years rather than replacing them every two or three years. So really interesting to see how this is going to pan out. The EU, they don't muck around. They've already got everyone doing USB-C and now they're going to have everyone replacing their being having a replaceable battery in their devices as well. You want to find out more about that story, feel free to check it out at techguide.com.au.
0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's a new year, and our digital generation continues to see a rise in cybercrime and data breaches. Don't leave your devices without protection or your personal information open to exposure. It's time to have a plan to keep your devices and personal information protected. Save your time and money should the unthinkable happen and your devices are at risk to cyber threats like malware, ransomware, or viruses, or your personal information being exposed to cybercriminals looking to trade your details on the dark web. With Norton 360 Platinum, if you become a victim of identity theft, you'll have access to their dedicated identity restoration specialists to help you address your identity theft claim and help you resolve it. Norton 360 Platinum is available now at Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi or online at au.norton.com.
0: And now a tech guide review with Stephen Fennec.
1: Kicking off the reviews this week, we are talking about the Alti, Alti wireless charging mat. You think, okay, it's a mat. What does it do? Well, it's it can organize your desktop, but it also charges your headphones, your earphones, I should say, and your smartphone. Now, it's from a company called Journey. The wireless charging desk mat is 68 centimeters long and 37 centimeters wide. It's quite big. Uh, has a magnetic edge on the left side so the charging pad neatly attaches itself. So it, it pops on the side. The charging pad is 10 centimetres by 37 centimetres. the pictures of this on Tech Guide. There are two materials available. So it's made of felt and vegan leather. And you can choose which material you prefer uh, to have on top simply by just turning it upside down, flipping it over. And that will still maintain that magnetic edge as well, depending on how you want to use it, whether you're right-handed or left-handed. You can then choose what edge you want the magnets to go. And from the top of the charging pad is a USB-C port. And that then goes into a a USB power, a a wall charger. And uh, you're able then to charge your earphones and your phone right there next to you what I like about it, it does really help you organize your workspace, your desktop. So there's room to put your keyboard and, and there's room to put your mouse. Uh, with the mouse, it actually acts like a big mouse pad. So it's really smooth tracking. And even with your keyboard, I found when I was using this, my keyboard was a lot quieter. Like I have my keyboard normally on the wood of my desk here, but with the with the Ulti wireless charging mat, it had this softer, softer feel to it. So a softer surface to sit on I found I was typing a lot quieter. I didn't know I typed so loudly until I used the wireless charging mat. So it's uh it's a great way to organize yourself and what you can do as well. Here's another feature too that I really like is the fact that there are two layers. So actually if you if you pick up the right edge or the left edge if you got it if you got the other thing turned around, you pick up the edge that's a, a opposite the charging pad and you can actually uh, put documents and papers in between the layers, in between the vegan leather and felt part surfaces. So but basically what it means is you can organize all your documents and they are still literally at your fingertips right there on your desk. You just gotta lift up that little that flap and access them on the side there. I think that's that's. I've got a lot of papers here, and if I could organise them on the desk mat, I can do that. It does mean that I got to I got to move my keyboard and mouse sometimes to access them, but still, not a bad spot to have your documents without without messing up your desk. It does reduce the clutter. And the charging pad. There's only one cable that goes out of the charging pad that can charge two devices. So what you got there, again, less cable clutter. Now what can it charge I hear you asking. Uh, we tried it on the iPhone 14 Pro Max. It does have a MagSafe so it charges when you put the phone on the iPhone on it it magnetically attaches to the little spot that charges your phone that's cuz it's got MagSafe. But any Android phone, any other iPhone that doesn't have wireless charging, uh, yeah, there are older iPhones that have wireless charging that <laughs> that's not MagSafe they will still work because it's basically Qi charging, similar standard there. So even if you've got an Android phone uh, or a Samsung phone with wireless charging capabilities, it will work. So if your phone has wireless charging capabilities, it will charge on that pad. If it's a MagSafe phone, it does magnetically attach itself so you're guaranteed that it's in the right place and it's charging. Now, in terms of the earphones, naturally it was made to fit precisely the AirPods Pro and AirPods with wireless charging cases so that rests on there and you'll see that they're charging. There's a spot marked on it so you know exactly where to put the earphones. But it's not limited to AirPods. If you have the Galaxy Buds, for example, or any other earphones that have wireless charging cases If you can plonk it on there, it will charge them as well. So right there at your fingertips, you can have your phone that's charging, your earphones that are charging as well, and you're able to get your work done, keep your desktop organized, and and just have a tidier workspace. And especially if there's people who maybe have a home office, they're working from home sometimes. Even even in in an office, uh, if you're in, in in the in at work, it working in your office, you can have this on your desk, and it really helps not only make it look nicer, but also helps organise yourself as well. It's available now in black, which is what I received, and grey. It's priced at a hundred and forty nine bucks, and it's from Journey, the Journey. Ulti Wireless Charging Desk Mat. If you want to see our complete review, check out our pictures, check out our story. You can do that at techguide.com.au. Now, when you hear of LG... Your, your mind normally and quite rightly goes to TVs, OLED TVs and appliances and audio equipment and you name it. Uh, it. They're the things that immediately you think of, but they have unveiled a coffee capsule machine. It's called the Duobo and it looks out of this world. You should take a look at this picture. It on Tech Guide. It has this really futuristic design. It actually looks like the lunar module. It's got the three landing legs, the gear, the the legs that look like landing gear, and the the capsule. So the the capsule machine is like the is like where the where the astronauts used to sit, and it it, it looks remarkable. It, it is a dual capsule extraction system. It gives you two shot layered blending, so you're able to create numerous blends. Uh, But it it looks so space-age. The design of it is remarkable. It has those three legs supporting the capsule brewing compartment. And guess what date they released it on? July the 20th, which was the same date back in 1969 when man landed on the moon. The Apollo 11 mission, the moon landing, was on July 20, 1969. And that was the date LG decided to unveil the Duobo. So if they've admitted, they've, they've really told you that it, is, it was inspired by that and that was the, that was the date they chose to, uh, to release it to commemorate the Apollo 11 moon landing in 1969. Now get this, the machine is compatible with capsules from other brands. So you're not limited to one. I think it's a multi-capsule machine. So you have a wide choice of blends and strengths, and you're able to go to work to create the brew that's right for you. There's also a full HD display, so you can see the Duobo's exclusive animations and other coffee-related content. Now, they launched this in the US, in Soho. Anyone been in Manhattan? Soho, which is short for South of Houston. Don't call it Houston in, in Manhattan. You'll get corrected. It's Houston. So That's what Soho stands for, the area south of Houston. Uh, And that's where they launched it in the the trendy district in the Lost Draft Cafe in New York City. So they had the world's best baristas competing in the US Barista Championships. How good would it be to be there? Imagine all the good coffee you can drink. They're going to make plenty of coffee. I'd love, would have loved to have been there for that. Didn't get the invite to that event. So, LG, come on. Uh, (laughs) I would have loved to be there. But get this the device, this product is actually available on Kickstarter. LG have put it out there. They're looking. It's available for crowdfunding, and uh, you you can, if you want to get in, you can save up to 50% with the limited edition super early bird deal, which I've linked on Tech Guide. So if, you, uh, if you're a fan of space and a fan of coffee and want a good machine, the Duobo could be just the machine for you. It is out of this world. You've got to check it out for yourself, and you can do that at techguide.com.au. Now, let's talk printers. And haven't the tank printers really taken off? Big fan. I'm a massive fan of the tank printers. I am in possession of a couple. I've got the Epson EcoTank. And I have just about to receive the new HP Smart Tank. There is also a product from Brother. And I also understand a product in uh, Canon that does the same thing. Now, by tank printer, what that means is that you don't the ink isn't inside the cartridges, uh, and neither and the with the print head. Remember you buy an ink cartridge and it's also the print head. So if you run out of ink, you gotta buy a whole new cartridge, which is basically like getting a new engine every time you need to change your oil. That that's that, that's the equivalent. But with tank printers, there are tanks. So you get with the printer the different bottles for your cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And then you pour with a a spill-proof bottle, they all they what you do is you sort of turn it upside down. There's a little socket on top of each tank, and the the ink then just goes straight into the tank rather than spilling everywhere. It sort of creates a seal. They all do this really easy to do. And you've got to obviously for, put blue in the blue tank and yellow in the yellow tank. It's it's pretty simple to follow. But the idea there is that you have ink that can last for up to two years. I know with the Epson, and the Eco tank that I have now. Uh, that that actually, I, I think I've had this for nearly two years, and I have not put extra ink in it. Now, do you remember the days when you used to? I don't know if your kids would make doing a, a school assignment or something; they need to print it, and you discover at seven o'clock at night, the da- the night before their assignment's due, that you need ink, and you you wild panic ensues, and you got to try get to the shops and try to find one, and it, it's. It was just panic stations. I've been through it myself when my kids were at school. But now with these tanks and the HP Smart Tank 5000 series, are the new versions of the HP tank lineup, you're able to enjoy printing for years, literally years with the included ink. And the beauty too is that when it's time to refill in a couple of years, all you've got to do is buy the bottle of ink, which is about 15 to 20 bucks. Now, do you remember back when you used to buy ink cartridges? They were not cheap. I know of plenty of customers who bought a $59 printer. Then when it was time to get four new ink cartridges, it was $140. So way more than the printer itself cost. It would have been cheaper to buy a new printer because you do get cartridges in there. Although I found out the cartridges that come with inkjet printers aren't filled 100 percent they're deliberately left to be shallow so that you have to buy new consumables pretty soon after you buy that printer i'm pres- I here i can see you nodding i can see you all nodding and agreeing with me and uh, can uh, can relate to the panic that sets in but with the HP Smart Tank 5000 series, they start at $399 at Officeworks. There are other models available through hp.com.au and also Harvey Norman. There's the HP Smart Tank 5105, the 7005, 7305 and 7605, ranging prices from 399 all the way up to 659 bucks. So, What's new with these the HP Smart Tank? Well, first of all, they're made of 45% post-consumer recycled materials. So sustainability is well and truly front of mind for HP here, as well as having uh, packaging that's also environmentally friendly and recyclable as well. So they also have Energy Star certifications. They also have energy-saving auto on-off technology, uh, which n- you don't need to do nothing if you haven't used your printer for a while to just turn itself off. If you do send a file to the printer, obviously it'll wake up and print it out wirelessly. So uh, and, and there's no waste. Uh, there's a no waste tank, spill-free, recycle bottles. Uh, even the bottles, as I said, spill-free, recyclable bottles. Even the bottles are recyclable as well. Now what you get is a the, the HP Smart app really does allow you to do a fair amount remotely. So in other words, you get, there are smart guided buttons to get through your everyday printing, scanning, copying, and even faxing, would you believe. Fax tasks are still, there are still some printers that offer faxes, and including these ones. So um, this offers, this. The, the app allows you to connect wirelessly, access all the templates and various things you can do with the printer. Uh, it does have an ink management system, so you can easily monitor and maintain the ink level thanks to the built-in ink sensors. You can do that from the app. You can even eyeball it on the uh, printer itself because you see on the bottom left-hand corner of the printer is the actual ink tanks as well. So you can see the level with your eyes if you want to. So uh, HP, yeah, pretty good to these ones. They've added the smart tank to their existing tank portfolio. And as I said, pricing from 399 all the way up to 659. To now, a few people might be saying, geez, that's a lot to pay for a printer. But- just remember what I told you earlier. When you need to replace a set of four ink cartridges on that cheapy printer you bought, I'll give you a gold-plated guarantee. It is over 100 bucks each time. And you probably got to replace them three, four times a year, depending on how much you're printing. If you've got a child at school, they're printing often, or you might even need it for your business. You are – going to be spending a lot more than that the this printer is going to pay itself off. So 3.99 entry level price. You if that was an inkjet printer, you would have got it maybe for 100 bucks, 120 bucks and you would spend 400 just on ink in the first year. So I think it you you're sort of paying for the ink up front here, which still works out cheaper in the long run. Let me tell you I know because I've been using these and I haven't had to buy ink cartridges or spend any more money for two years, and it's still going. And I print a lot. I do print a lot, so I've got I'm holding a script in my hand that I printed uh, from from my the Epson EcoTank printer, and I, I am uh, the, this HP smart tank printer, who offers the same sort of value as well as as they all do. I think it's really that's the direction to go if you do a fair amount of printing. Get a tank printer, whether it's the HP Smart Tank. You can see that on Tech Guide. I've also reviewed the Eco Tanks. I've written about the brother, written about the Canon printers. The choice is yours, but this is definitely the way to go. It's the tank or bust. If you want to find out more about the HP Smart Tank, check it out at techguide.com.au. You're
0: listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk.
1: The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you each and every week by our good friends at Belkin. Check them out. Belkin have got many, many products and accessories to help you, whether you need to charge your devices, whether you need to increase your productivity. If you want to listen to music, they've got earphones as well. Uh, If you want to create a, a connect all your devices to your laptop, for example. They've got a multi-port dock as well. So they've got MagSafe products, cables, really high-quality cables as well. Check them out, belkin.com forward slash AU. Had an interesting question from a reader and was uh, who who was saying that they're, they've got DAB+, that's digital radio, in their car and that it keeps uh, going in and out of reception. And, of course, if... Digital radio is only really applicable in metro areas and large cities and town centres. So it's it's you go out of the city and it's pretty hard to get a digital radio signal. You sort of fall back to the AM, FM signals. And so I suggested, they said, well, is there anything we can do about this? They must obviously travel in remote areas and the reception is not the best. But my solution would be to use their smartphone and to use either the TuneIn Radio uh, app or the Radio app. So there's an app called TuneIn Radio, and there's an app called Radio. And this basically allows you to choose a station, and you're listening basically over the internet rather than through the digital radio network. So you you rather than u- using the digital radio signal, you're use, you're getting the signal through the cellular network, which is like using your data to stream it. That's the only difference. Uh, digital radio doesn't use data because it's, it, it receives the signal, the digital radio signal. If you're using your smartphone and the t- tune-in radio or the radio app, you're using your mobile phone data uh, while you're driving. So I suggested to these, to my reader, I said, look, you can use your phone if it's attached via Bluetooth to your, to your car stereo system, just, just press press the, the station you want to listen to within the app and that'll play throughout the car just like your radio. And you've probably got better reception than there is digital radio reception. So even, even in remote areas, they still get some form of cellular coverage and you're still able to listen to your radio in those areas. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for this week. That is the full-time siren. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 561. If you need to find out any more about anything we've spoken about on the show, you can find it at techguide.com.au, and we love it when you get in touch. Send us an email, info at or you can press the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side of the homepage, and that'll open up a form where you're basically sending me an email anyway. And I will get back to you as soon as I can. And you never know, you could be the tech guide help desk question that I answer on the show. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices all safe online. Thank you once again for listening. Please support those sponsors who have been so proudly supporting, supporting the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.